Hey, welcome to the C3 Church Victory Podcast. We pray this message will inspire you and activate your faith. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. Um, I'm excited to bring a message this morning that's not in the series that we've been in. Oh, people got to be excited about that. Gee. No, I'm excited. But, you know, Pastor Nate said, hey, we're pushing pause on uh, the journey through Mark and you get to do a standalone thing. And I was like, oh, that's exciting. Wow. I get to do the, I'm like the fill-in message where I get to come up with my own adventure. Remember Goosebumps, those books? Anyone do Goosebumps where you read the books and you chose your own adventure? Oh, they freaked me out, hey. Um, I don't know. And that's, is that still a thing? Goosebumps is still a thing? Oh, gee. Oh, here we go. But this morning, so I got to choose my own adventure with the help of the Holy Spirit. I, of course, um, spoke to God about what I should share this morning. And, um, and this morning, my message is titled, Faith Flinch. There we go. Faith Flinch. Not like... Uh, like a spasm, like a faith spasm, <laughs> not like that kind of flinch, a good flinch, kind of like, you know how we flinch to our phone whenever it's an awkward silence or in a lift or we're in a line and we, we kind of flinch to our phone. I want to talk about a faith flinch this morning. I want to talk about a faith flinch in a world where I think most of the time we have a bit of a fear flinch. We flinch to fear straight away. We kind of, we go straight to the negative thing. And so, I've got a lot of scripture this morning. I hope that's okay in church. Um, I know we're Pentecostals, but I've got a lot of scripture this morning, which is legacy of Pastor Keith, which is, which is good. I love that part of our heritage, that we are a, a Bible-believing, scripture-dense, rich church. Amen. So get your notepads out. I know no one has notepads anymore, so get your notes app out. That, my whole life is on notes app. I tell you what. Apple has me locked up. I cannot go anywhere else. My life is in there. But my title scripture this morning is 2 Timothy 1.7 in the New King James Version, New King Jimmy. And um, you haven't heard that before? Oh. I think the King James, like straight King James Version is like pirate language. Do you reckon it's like old-timey pirate language? So if you're feeling pirate mood, but this is New King James, so it's all good. It says, and I think most of these are going to be up on the screen. Here we go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I love in in some other versions it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, I'm not good at memorizing Scripture. Ask my wife. I'm not good at memorizing a lot of things. Um, movie quotes, when I, whenever I share movie quotes, it's always like half wrong. And Jess is like, good try, very good try. But this one, this one, this one is a special one for me. I've lodged this away. This is one, it's short too, that's why I can remember it, right? Um, but I think if you, this is a, this is a scripture that I feel like everyone needs to memorize. This is, this goes in the arsenal of your faith flinch that you desperately need because I think, uh, tattoo it on yourself. If you need to tattoo it on yourself. Go nuts. But I think this one is an important one in our journey to developing a faith flinch. I just want to pray. Lord, I just thank you for this incredible community called our church, the body of Christ. I thank you that you're moving through us. You're using us, Lord, for the kingdom, expanding the kingdom. You're growing us in this community, Lord. I thank you for everyone that 
that contributes and, and builds us and grows us, Lord. I just thank you that you are, are moving and using this community to extend your kingdom in the earth, Lord. And I thank you that we are a part of that. I pray my message is awesome this morning because of you, Lord. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. See, I think we're born with a fear flinch. We're born with a fear flinch, this, this natural tendency to go straight to fear. And when I say fear, I'm kind of, I'm encompassing anxiety, like stress, kind of as an overarching thing, fear. We tend to go to the negative straight away, don't we? We all recognize it. And um, when I was young, I was a bit of a fearful kid. I was quite a fearful kid. Actually, I think I had a bit of a stronghold or a strong grip of fear over my life. I remember being afraid of R2-D2. Right? It's strange, right? I had this, and I remember it like clear as day. Like I had this, pet, I was so scared that this little robot was going to come down the hallway into my room. Like, I know R2-D2 is meant to be like happy and like he makes nice beeps. They're not scary beeps, they're nice beeps. But I was petrified so much that I had, I would put the sheets over me, like all the way over me, like the doona cover over me in summer. And I'd just be under there with like a light, sweating my guts out. Mum would come with like a, with a cloth, like a cold cloth, and I'd be under there like, like I was little, I was probably under 10, right? I'm not 16 doing this, but you know, so I'm under the cover. And I remember this, I was just petrified. I had this, this grip of fear of my life, like I was so afraid of the dark and, and, um, and as I grew older, like the fear kind of hung around. It just kind of changed a little bit. It wasn't about R2-T2. Um, but it was just kind of the unknown, the unknown in the dark, the unknown at night, this kind of, this intense fear, so much so that I, I would, I did this, I had this nighttime ritual, right, where I had my bed and I would tuck the sheets into my bed so tight, like tighter than a hospital, like ridiculously tight that you could, no one could go in there. You'd think no one can go in that bed unless you're really skinny or you're going to cut off your circulation. And I, I tuck it in. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, is the tight bed sheets going to protect me from whatever I'm afraid of? Um, but I would like, it would be so tight that you couldn't just get in normal. Um, you had to get like, you had to get right up at the bed head and you like slide your way in. And I was like, I didn't want it to loosen too much. And I'd slide my way in, right? And I'd slide in, it was super tight. I'm like, yeah, this is a real tight one. It's real good tonight. Like, it's really, really tight. And it just, it made me feel safe. I don't know. And uh, I wish I had a picture of this. Hey, like, it was ridiculous. I wish I should draw a diagram, like a little sketch of how I looked. But does anyone remember the boomerang pillows? Does anyone have those boomerang pillows still? Where are they comfy? Hey, I should, I don't know what I've done with mine. I should get one. Anyway. I had one of those boomerang pillows, so I'd be in there real tight, and the, the, the sheets would be like nice and tight up on these, like on my shoulders, on my chin. Shoulders couldn't be out. To, like, whatever's going to get me is going to get my shoulders if my shoulders are out. And then I'd get the boomerang pillow, and I'd, I'd put it on my head like this. No joke, this is ridiculous. Like, this is why I wish I had a picture. I'd put the, and, and it would kind of be like this on my head, right? Just enough room so I could kind of breathe. There'd just be like a hole and I could, that's how, I was petrified. I had this strong grip of fear over my life. And it's funny looking back. It wasn't funny at the time. Serious business, going to bed and getting in there. Um, but I actually went to this Christian counselor, spirit-filled 
Christian counselor. Like, my mum sent me to her. I don't know what. I was just like, okay. And um, <laughs> I didn't think I had problems. I was like, you need to get a counselor. So I'm a big fan of therapy. Do it. And, um, and so I went to a Christian counselor and a young boy, and I didn't really know what was going on. And she was spirit-filled, and she started praying with me and started doing, like, just praying, and she broke the spirit of fear off my life, which was incredible. And I got baptized uh, in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues in this one session with this lady, like I, I can't remember her name, but like I walked out and I was like, wow. And, and there was a strong, that strong grip of fear was broken off my life, um, which was great, which doesn't mean that I, I went on to never fear again. Um, but this, I think we all live with a, with a level of fear about certain things. Some of us might have a strong grip of fear like I was talking about, but we all deal with fear in a different way. And as, I, as, as I'm an adult now, the enemy loves to use fear just to bring chaos into our world. And he starts to use it with kind of more rational things, you know, instead of RD, R2-D2, um, he's starting to use fear about the what if, the unknown in other aspects of our life that are kind of rational, but they're still kind of... a. a an imagination of something far off down the track. And there's this, sometimes this fear that God, that the enemy, not God, the enemy likes to use to bring chaos into our world. You see, fear comes in different forms. Maybe it's, maybe it's fear of the future. Maybe it's fear in relationship breakdown. Maybe it's fear in HSC exams are coming up. I, I was pretty fearful. I was studying like crazy man doing the HSC. But maybe it's fear of failure. Maybe it's just fear of not, not having what it takes to achieve that thing that you are out to achieve. And the enemy loves to sow seeds of doubt and cause fear in our life. And Genesis 3, 1, 5, uh, this, is, this is clearly where the enemy, you know, we see a clear picture of the enemy starting to sow seeds of doubt into Adam and Eve here. And it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say? And we start to, the enemy loves to sow seeds of fear that, that creates doubts from the promises of God and the words of God in our life. Fear asks us to question the words of God. Fear asks us to misplace our trust. See, in that moment, what the enemy was doing, he was asking Eve to, to put his trust not in what God had said, but in what he was telling her. And it's a misplaced trust. And we see Jesus in Matthew 1, no, Matthew 4, 1 to 3, which is incredible. It says, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, I think that's a big if. That is a big if. And I think if is the language of the enemy when it comes to fear. He starts to say, If, if you, you have what it takes, or, you know, if you really kind of have, if you're good enough. It, what if? What if? And it starts to, we start to speculate on the future, not based, we start to speculate on a future without God, without the Word of God, without the promises of God. And the enemy comes to us with a question that says, if, if, what if? Did God really say? 
You see, fear produces chaos in our life. Fear produces chaos in our soul, chaos in our mind, chaos in our body. Fear produces chaos. But faith produces life. Faith produces peace. Faith produces life in our soul, in our mind, in our body. And so that's why I think we naturally have this tendency to have a fear flinch. And it's actually called what humans have is a negativity bias, right? Who's heard of the negativity bias? We just have a natural way of responding to negative news in a much more emotional way. We, we ponder on negative things in a way a lot longer than anything positive. I remember we had like staff retreat recently and uh, we did like exercises where we share strengths and weaknesses. I can't remember any of the strengths people told me that I had. I just only remember the weaknesses. I'm just walking around thinking of the weaknesses. Oh, yeah, well, I'm really not good at that, am I? Gee, oh, my goodness. And I can't, if someone said, do you remember what I said when I mentioned your strength? I have no idea. And that's the negativity bias. We tend to focus on the negative. And we have a whole media system that profits off our negativity bias. You know, danger days coming with the weather. And like, it's some bad weather coming. We've got to be warned. But for the last five days, for the last week, I've seen headlines of danger day, danger day. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, how long will the news, like how, off, how many more kind of like sensationalist headings do they come up with? Like, will they run out? Are they just going to run out? I wish I had an app that just replaced all the headings of the news with just like bad weather coming instead of danger day, you know, just prepare, be good and prepare, I don't know, something like that. Because we live in a society where it's just fear after fear after fear, and we live under a barrage of fear on top of the things that we naturally already fear about. And fear is like this chaos machine that keeps producing chaos in our life. So we need to develop a faith flinch. Just like, you know, we all have the phone flinch, you know, or it, like, who has that? Does, is, every, is it just me? Everyone's, come on, there's got to be more people that flinch, unless I've got, I've got deeper problems. Um, but I, we need to develop the flinch when we get bad news, we get a bad diagnosis, things don't go kind of exactly the way they wanted, or things aren't going to plan, or those thoughts of what if, if start bombarding our minds about the future, and we start putting faith in things that aren't God, and we start thinking and imagining the worst things that come. We need to have a flinch that is not just automatic fear or stress or anxiety. No, we need to develop a faith flinch. We just go to faith. And I think we need to develop it. I think it's something we can practice. I think a lot of the time we think spiritual things, we should just, we should just be good. You know, it just happens to me. But, or we think that being practical about our faith, being practical about our growth and developing and practicing things in our world with God is not spiritual. But in fact, it's very spiritual. There's, you look throughout the scriptures, Jesus says constantly, put these things into practice. Here's my commands. Do these things and it will go well. Like there's so many references to practical action in our life that's going to help us grow and help us flourish in our life and in our walk with God. So this morning, I want to give you three kind of practices, if that's okay. Practices or like, you know, if you were to work out, if you want to get fit, Jess and I are trying to get fit at the moment, aren't we? We're trying. We started a, 
We started sometime a workout plan, which is like a kettlebell workout plan for beginners. And we're like kettlebells. I don't know if you know what a kettlebell is, those weights. That, you know, and there's a plan, and you've got to practice. I can't just imaginarily get fit by looking at the plan, by thinking about the plan. I started the plan in January, but I didn't actually start till like this month, <laughs> right? So I was hoping I'd just get fit, but we actually started. And uh, as for beginners, and it was way harder than I thought. Um, so this is not for beginners. They should warn people. Um, but I've got three things for you this morning um, that you should note down. And just like an exercise plan, you should, you should remind yourself of these things. You should put it in your journal. Maybe, maybe it's something you're dealing with where you're fearful at the moment or anxiety-ridden or something. Put these down so that when you wake up in the morning or whatever it is, whether you're in your car or wh- whatever works best for you, put it on your mirror, that you remember to practice these things that are going to help you develop a faith flinch that's going to help you move from fear to faith. So this morning, here we go. Number one, we need to reposition our hope. I think they're coming up. Nice and bright and green keep you awake this morning? Whew, does that keep you awake? I don't know. Oh, that color. Reposition your hope. Psalm 43.5 says, um, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is an incredible psalm. Because it gives us like this really practical example of like someone being self-aware that their soul is downcast. That something's not going on. There's fear or there's chaos going in, on in their world. Maybe they're believing like, I don't know, believing things their enemy is telling them or just believing irrational things. And they're not putting their hope in God. Their hope is in something other than God. And here he recognizes it. My, hope, uh, my soul, why are you so downcast? So here's the first practical tip. Be self-aware. Just know, hey, I'm not doing too good or something. Be aware when your hope is not in God. My hope is not in God because what we need to do is we need to be aware. My hope isn't in God. My mind isn't in Christ in this moment. I need to put, I need to pick that thing up, like my kettlebell, you know. Pick that thing up and I need to put my hope in God. I need to put it in God. Nothing's going to happen if I don't put my hope in Him. If my hope is in the circumstance working out perfectly, exactly right, the way I wanted to, I might get disappointed. If my hope is in people, I might get disappointed. If my hope is in the economy or the government, I'm probably going to get disappointed. I need to pick that thing up and I need to put my hope in God. He is our sure foundation. He is the one we can trust in. He is the one that can hold our hope. We need to put our hope in God. So what is it that you're not hoping in God with this morning? Sometimes I'll go two weeks in a bad mood and be totally self-unaware until I just get with God. And he's like, it's that thing. You got that thing in there? I'm like, oh my goodness, God. Yes, you're right. I need to pick that up and put my hope in you in that circumstance. Colossians 3, 1-3. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. How good is that? It's such a good practical. We need to set out. What is your mind set on? 
What is your mind set on? A lot of the times I think we're on autopilot when it comes to our mind, where our mind is set. We just let kind of entertainment, media, things just kind of washing through our mind, washing through our ears, washing through our eyes. And we don't really pay much particular attention to it. We just kind of let it wash over us. But really our mind becomes set on things that are probably earthly. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm tired and stressed out, I put my hope in Netflix or Disney Plus. Although I'm a bit disappointed with Disney Plus at the moment. The shows are just, they're not cutting the mustard. But I, I, and this is a practical example, right? I come to the end of the week, I'm stressed out, I'm tired. And I think, I think some entertainment is going to solve this problem. I think watching a whole bunch of stuff is going to relax me, going to calm me down, going to feel, make me feel good. I'm, going to, I'm just going to, feel, I'm going to feel great after I watch something. And sometimes you can. I love a good movie. But truly, if there's something deeper going on the inside of us where we can't, we, can't, we can't find a sense of rest or contentment in God, and we're trying to find it in earthly things like entertainment, earthly things like maybe money, success, status, there's all these things that we tend to put our hope in and put our mindset on achieving, and, and we believe that that's going to give us the thing that we need. No, we need to set our mind on things above. We need to set our minds on Christ. We need to set our minds on Him. And we need to pick that up and put it here. Is it that practical? Sometimes it might work by journaling for you. You might need to just sit down and go, all right, I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling angry or stressed out about this circumstance. Now I'm going to go find some scripture to counteract this. I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to find scripture that tells me a different story than what I'm living in right now. And you might need to write that down and meditate on that for the week. It might need to be the Timothy verse, for I've not been given a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You might just need to repeat that over and over and over. When I was, oh, no, sorry, not that story yet. Got to slow down. Or speed up. Two, speak, number two, my second point, speak the word to your world. Your words create worlds. I think Pastor Phil says that. Um, You need to speak the word of God to your world. If we're going to develop the faith flinch, it's not just good ideas, positive thinking, I'll get through it. No, it needs to be the word of God. Our faith flinch needs to be the Word of God. I think I'm doing that, right? I think of like an old Western, like gunslinger. Do you know what I mean? Does, I mean, we don't really watch old Westerns anymore, do we? But like, like the, I think they're pretty cool. Like how fast they are on the quick draw. I think of that when fear comes, like how fast are we with the flinch? What's our weapon? It's the Word of God. Our weapon needs to be the Word of God because our words are creational. God used His Word to speak and create. We are, we are created in the image of God. When we speak, we create. Our words create worlds. I love in, I think I'm going to get the scriptures the other way around, but Proverbs, the Proverbs scripture, can I get that one up? Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruits. Our words have life. 
In Matthew 4, 4, where Jesus is in the wilderness with the enemy, when he said, if you are the Son of God, when the doubt comes or the fear or the lie comes, if you are, if God said, this is, what Je- this is how Jesus combated the lies of the enemy. It says, Jesus answered, it is written. He used the word of God to combat the lies of the enemy. He said, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to use the word of God to create the circumstances that well. And I don't, I don't mean like, I was joking with Jess before when Pastor Jez was saying, you know, ask anything in my name. And I, you know, when Jesus said, ask anything in my name and it should be given to you, I said to Jess, ask for Ferraris, 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 come on. I don't mean that kind of stuff. Like, hopefully we're mature enough to understand that. <laughs> Oh, Ferraris are pretty nice. But it is written, the Word of God. We need to speak the Word of God into our circumstances. A particular circumstance when I was about 17 or 18, and I was still, still kind of dealing with the after effects of this fear thing. I, um, I started reading this book called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Chris Vallotton and uh, Bill Johnson. Has anyone read that book? Highly, highly recommend that book. And I started reading this thing, and it's about our identity in Christ, and who we are in Christ, and who he's called us to be, and, and our supernatural ways of royalty. Obviously, we believe in a supernatural realm. We don't believe in just a physical, earthly realm. We believe in a supernatural world. And I'm reading this book, and I'm, it's just revelation after revelation of like who I am in God, the power of God in me. And all of a sudden, I started encountering this thing of fear again. And I don't know if it was God like, all right, put this stuff to the work. To put this stuff to the test. You know, I don't know if it was God that's like letting it happen where he's just like, come on, you can do this. But what started happening was I'd be in my room and this spirit of fear or just this sense of fear would almost enter the room. Like it was almost like I knew it entered the room. And fear would just fill my room. This absolute fear and I couldn't sleep. But I, because I was reading this book, I knew if I used the words of God that this is, this is the way I'm going to have to combat this thing, right? So I started using that verse in Timothy, for I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I start to say it over and over. And I'd actually whisper it to sleep, and that's how I fell asleep every night. For a few nights, it was probably three nights, like clockwork, this fear would just enter my room, this debilitating fear. But on the third night, something broke. And it was just the peace of God filled my room. It's peace of the Holy Spirit. It was beautiful. But I used the words of God. The words of God are like a double-edged sword. They're effective. It's effective for, cutting between, for, for dividing between flesh and spirit. The words of God are powerful and effective. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, strong, demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love meditation apps and all this kind of stuff, but when it comes to fear in our life, we don't use natural weapons. We use the Word of God. We use prayer. If we don't have the Word of God on the inside of us, if we aren't feeding on the Word of God, We're not going to have something to flinch with. We're not going to have weapons to draw in those moments. 
So now that verse in Timothy, there's other moments of fear in my life. Just simple life fears that we all experience, but I use that verse. I'm like, the devil's not getting a stronghold. I've not been given a spirit of fear. It might be about my kids growing up in this world. I'm like, oh, I start to fear like, will my kids follow God in this world? Yes, they will. I've not been given a spirit of fear or timidity. God is with me. I start to recount the words of God. What am I going to do? Is this economy going to crush me? Is this, is this, is this the end? <laughs> am I going to lose all my money? I've been not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's almost despite our circumstances. Circumstances could, could be terrible, but I've not been given a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We need to start speaking the words of God. I, I mean, you know, Paul, we think of Paul in prison, the prison letters. He's saying stuff like this in prison. He's in prison. And he's like rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. This is Paul. He's in prison. His circumstances are terrible. But he's like, nah, despite my circumstances, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk on the wind and the waves. I'm not gonna be, I'm, there's not going to be chaos in here because the Holy Spirit's with me. God is with me. Everything could be going terrible, but I'm walking strong with God. So point number one, reposition your hope. We hope in God. Put your trust in Him. Point number two, speak the word to your world. Let that be your flinch. Speak the word of God. Get some scriptures, memorize them, have them on hand, have them on your notes so that you can go to it straight away and you can start speaking life into your soul, life into your mind, life into your circumstances. Start to undo the chaos that the enemy has wreaked in your world with the word of God. We can start to bring life into our world. And point number three. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. It sounds so simple. But how often do we try and deal with and carry these burdens and these fears and these stresses and these worries without even talking to God about it? We carry them and we, we come to church and we worship and we haven't spoke, we didn't talk, we haven't talked to God about it yet. We're like, oh, God's, God's too busy. God's too busy to deal with like this little thing. No, speak to God about it. I remember at uni, I was stressing out. I was bombing out big time, like my final years. I was not going good. My tutor kicked me out of the tutor group. He was like, you're not, get out. <laughs> he's like, he was, he, he, he's like, I was, yeah, he kicked me out. It was really mean, right? And, um, and I went home and I was like, I, was, I must have listened to a message about David or something where he was, because he had the spirit of God, he was smarter and like had more capability and wiser than everyone else. And I was like, because I was studying architecture, and I was like, my project should be the most creative thing in my class. I, should, I have an unfair advantage because I have God in my And I included God. I, thought, I never thought to include God in something as simple as my uni project because, because it seems so, you know, basic to God. But I included, I invited God into such a simple circumstance. And I tell you what, my, I, it was nuts, right? It was God. There's obviously glory to God. But I excelled from that point on because I included God. It wasn't me. It still isn't me. I'm like, God, help me out here. But my, so much so, my uni lecturer sat me down with coffee 
tried to invite me back into his tute group because he was like, he's like, oh, he's doing good stuff. It looked good for him, right? But he sat me down and he literally asked me, he's like, did you pay anyone to do this project? I'm like, no. He's like, because it's a miracle. That you, how, you, how did you do this? Like, he was dumbfounded. And um, he knew I was a Christian, actually. He kind of gave me a bit of, you know, he roughed me up a bit about it. Oh, you good little Christian boy. You just say that. But I didn't care. I invited God into my world. So talk to God about it. There's a great scripture in Philippians 4, 6 to 7. This is Paul in prison. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. How good is that verse? So many practical, like Paul's in prison. Be anxious for nothing. It's kind of like when you're stressed out and someone's like, don't stress. It's like, thanks. Really helpful. That's, that's, you, I'm not stressed anymore. Thank you so much for saying that. He's like, be anxious for nothing. But he gives us some practicals. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Who's been doing some good supplications lately? It just means it's kind of earnest. It's like an earnest desire. It's like talking to God with an earnest desire, like, come on, God, I need you breakthrough here. That's what supplication's referring to. Just in case you're wondering and stressing out that you need to learn supplements or something. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And included all in this scripture is, is we're, we're speaking the word of God to our world. We're placing our hope, not in our earthly circumstances, but in God. Through prayer, through asking, let your requests be known to God. Talk to God about it. Go to Him. Let it be a thing. If you're wondering, what what do I talk to God about? Tell Him your troubles. Let Him know. Hand it over to Him. It says, cast your cares upon Him. Cast it on Him. It's like, God, you can deal with it. You can deal with it. I cannot deal with it. I'll tell you what. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How good is that? Let's develop a faith flinch, church. Let's go to faith instead of fear. Let's use the Word of God. Let's put our hope in Him, not our circumstances. Let's, let's, let's invite God into our world. That's relationship with God. That's walking with God. It's funny, you know when people say, um, and they're well-meaning, but there's that question that's really like a strange question, like, how's your relationship with God going? You know that question that people ask sometimes? How's your relationship with God going? You're like, how do I answer that? Like, you know, is it, does that, my circumstances aren't very good, so does that mean my relationship is not good? I, I like, how do I answer that? Like, but you could be going through some terrible stuff, but if you're talking to God about it and you're going to Him, that's a good relationship with God. That's a great relationship with God. Not everything needs to be perfect to have a good relationship with God. Just walking through stuff with God in this life is a good relationship with Him. He doesn't promise us no troubles. He says, in fact, there will be troubles. There's going to be troubles in life. But take heart, for I have overcome the world, He says. So this morning, I just want us to stand. If the band could come out. I just want us to stand.
And we're all dealing with some kind of level of fear or stress or anxiety or chaos that's in our mind and in our soul. It could be small. It could be a uni project. It could be a thing at work. It might be small. It might be large. There might be a a large grip of fear over your world. And I believe that there's freedom from that this morning. God wants to set you free. God wants to break chains. He wants to deliver you from that fear. He doesn't, he doesn't intend for you to stay in that fear. God wants to bring you into a large and spacious place. Amen. So as we worship this morning, just, just hand some things over to God. Maybe you've been holding on to a weight for years. Or you've been dealing with a fear for a very long, that fear thing for a long time and you haven't even brought it to God yet. Use this moment to just bring it to God. Say, God, I just need to hand this over to you this morning. Thanks for making time to hear this message today. We encourage you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au. 